All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everybody, welcome to Dropping the Gloves. Let me put on my radio voice, Tim. Oh, how are you doing, Tim? A little low energy, John. How are you doing? You're low energy? You are. I just put all the kids to bed. Can't be <laughs> screaming in my house. How long did it take? Not long. We had a long day. It was it was uh it was a very eventful day. I, I didn't think they Danielle, did they get a nap today? No, they didn't get a nap. So Ooh. When when they, when they don't get a nap, they went to school. We were out and about all day. Valentine's Day party, so they they're gonna they hit the they hit the sack pretty easy tonight. So yes, but I don't want to I don't want to poke the bear. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Marshawn when he played Washington, people were like, "Are you gonna rile up Char?" He's like, "I'm not gonna poke the bear. I know what happens. I know what happens when you wake up six kids, Tim. It's not pretty." Then my wife gets upset at me, and I'm sleeping in the sleeping in the garage, and I don't even have a garage, so it's not good. No bueno. But how are you, Tim? <laughs> I'm good. I didn't get a nap in today either, but I'm still going strong. Ah, uh, you're such a hero. You're so brave. Thank you. Thank you. So what are we gonna do today, Tim? Do you want to talk about hockey or you just want to shoot the breeze? I don't know. What's on your mind? Nothing. Let's talk about hockey. One of my <laughs> good friends, my first captain in the NHL, retired. Threw me for a loop because I actually reached out to him a week and a half ago looking for a, an interview to see how he was doing. It's a new team. And he just kind of blew me off. And mind you, I might have had a wrong number. The last time I talked to him was probably 10 years ago. People change numbers. So Migu Koivu, retired. Number 11 in Minnesota for, gosh, it must have been over a decade. Kind of the face of that franchise for a long, long, long time. Took the jump this year. Minnesota kind of washed her hands of him. And he went to Columbus, hoping to chase a cup, I guess you could say. What happened? He lasted seven games. And then he just call, called it a day. What do you know, Tim? What, what is he saying? Well, in his statement, he basically said the bottom line is he hasn't been able to get to the level of play that he feels he needs to to be true to himself and fair to his, to his teammates, meaning he's not playing up to speed. He's probably lost a step, and he doesn't want to take a roster spot away from someone else. That's the kind of guy he is if he's not actively contributing to the game. So he said the time was right for him to retire from hockey. And and I kind of believe it. The guy, he's he's logged a lot of games. He's played over 1,000 games, 711 points in 1,035 games played. Um, and hasn't had, I can't imagine, the happiest career being in Minnesota for too long. Not a lot of deep cup runs, not a lot of winning teams. 
never really contended, right? So it's not like he had the highs and lows. He just kind of uh, steady Eddie uh, as far as the success of his team over these years. So I bet he's just kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to – it's time. I'm just not here anymore. What do you think? You, you firmly – you you really don't think – there's no doubt in your mind that he – he didn't like the vibe in Columbus. He was used to something in Minnesota. He was comfortable in Minnesota. You go to Columbus, and it's a drastically different environment, mainly John Tortorella. I know his name comes up every show. He seems like he's the star of the show. You don't think that has any inkling into his decision, saying, you know what, I came here. This isn't the team I thought it was going to be. We're not competing. We're nowhere near the top of the standings. What am I wasting my time for? I'm not, I'm not with my family. I, it's COVID. I can't do anything. I'm getting tested every day. I'm miserable. I'm not scoring points. Torts is, I'm getting healthy scratched. You don't, like, you don't think that it has anything to do in his decision? I'm sure it does, but it's not like Torts is getting in his ear, I can't imagine. Like, he's, he's the kind of player Torts likes. He plays two ways. He's responsible with and without the puck. He's kind of a selfless player, flies under the radar. I don't think Torch is going to be like, giving him the business every day of practice, but maybe even just a little bit of that's enough for a guy like him who's probably on the quiet, softer side. So why has he been healthy scratch five games, six games? He hasn't produced. I mean, he's got two points in seven games played this year, one goal, one assist. He was a drop two. It's not like he's, he's lighting things up, you know? Yeah, I, I, I hope, you know, he, he was always a straight straightforward guy when I was with him, when he was my captain. He didn't cut corners. He, he, went the hard way when he did everything, you know, he, he always worked hard. So I, I believe it too. I don't think this has anything to do with torts. I, I don't think torts, you know, rubbed him the wrong way. Like you said, he's probably the perfect player for that guy in that system. But you know, when you lose a step and you're used to being the top of the pile, you know, very, really competitive, an elite hockey player, that's got a few, that's gotta be tough to see the game pass you by. I never felt that just because I, I was never an elite player. I was never a mediocre player. I was always one of the, you know, bottom rung so to be a guy who's used to you know being on the first or second power play unit being a leader of a team and all of a sudden you're thrust in his position where it's like you know what you're going to be healthy scratched you're going to be a fourth line guy you're only going to get two points in seven games that's going to be tough two points in seven games that's a career year for me two points so <laughs> like in only seven in only seven games, I would have been like, I would have been party time. Seven games, let's start renegotiating a contract. <laughs> but you know what? He did have a good career. He had uh, 700 points, 1,000 games. That's not bad. That's not bad. But in this, you know, well, where does he rank in, in all-time great Minnesota Wild players? Is, is he got to be up there with one of the greats? Or does he just kind of, like you said, he, he was, I don't want to say ho-hum, but he wasn't exciting. He wasn't a guy you went to the rink to watch. He just went to the rink and did his job. He, you know, he punched in, punched out. He, he put up a decent amount of points, but he wasn't exciting. He was a responsible two-way forward. He was a heck of a guy with the puck, and he he just did his job. I don't know where, where does he rank. And I I'm, I'm not, I know I'm putting you on the spot to list Minnesota Wild players, but is he is he up there when you think of the Minnesota Wild all-time greats? Is, does he even enter the conversation? He's got to be in the conversation. I mean, it just pure games played and, and maybe less of it, the all-time talented list. I don't think he's really sniffing the top of that list, but as far as games played, impact on the organization in that city, I mean, he, he was just the, the captain for how long? Like He was a captain. At, how old was he when you came up and he was already the captain? He must have been 23 or something, right? Uh, no, I, I think he would have been 25, maybe 26. Cause how, he's he's got to be in his mid-30s now. 
but he had a good run. You know, he, he did what he was, I think he overachieved with his skill level, which is always the goal for every player. You know, you, you have a certain lane and you try to play above that, above that lane. So good for Miko. Hopefully he's happy. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I see him in Minnesota at some point with the management at some point with that team, just because gosh, he, he was an institution there. Like I said, when I, when I came in, he was the perfect captain to have. He was just like, watch me do whatever I do and you'll be fine. And, uh, that's what we kind of tried to do. So congrats, Miku. I'll try to, I'll try to text him again. It's probably not even his number. I uh, terrible, but anyway, so that was a, that was a kind of a, a, a change up and we have some, some finality to the Pittsburgh Penguins situation. So we had a big episode. Their GM stepped down. Very, very unexpected. You know, he, he built them into a Stanley Cup contender. He was uh, an old-time Western gambler, loved making trades, loved maximizing Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Marc-Andre Fleury. Got them to two cups. Very, very good. Anyways, is was the Pittsburgh Penguin job desirable, Tim, in your eyes? Uh, I mean, yes, in terms of like the talent you have there and how close you are to a cup, but there's a lot of pressure and anyone who stepped into that role, you're expected to win this year. You're expected to be one of those teams. It's not going to be an easy job to walk into their window. How, how long of a window do they have? Or is it already closed? It's not closed. No, it's not closed. No, no. Those guys are still elite, but it's, but it's closing, but it's not closed. Do you think it is? I think I think they're done. I I think Malkin. You've noticed his game. He isn't the same player he was five years ago. Hey, who I what? think no. What's part of me? Who is who is the same player they were? Five Crosby years is ago. pretty similar to the player he was five years ago. You know, so, so is Patrick Kane. So is Ovechkin. So is Stamkos. Those guys have have had longevity. It doesn't seem like Malkin is interested. He doesn't want to be out there. He he isn't the same player he was even two years ago. So. I think I think their window is closed. They're fifth place in their division. They they're not playing inspired hockey. Their defense is a shambles. They have injuries up and on the lineup. I, I just don't I don't see them competing in this division, especially with Boston doing what they're doing. The Rangers are starting to come on a little bit. They've improved of late. You know, they're they're showing signs of life. I just don't see them making the playoffs. You know, I, I thought it was going to be either, the, either them or Boston missing the playoffs, and Boston is just, you know, blowing the doors off this season. So uh, I don't know. Hextall comes in. Brian Burke. What are we doing here? Are we just turning back the clock? I, I don't understand these these hirings. Like, why not go out and get some guy who's young, who has some hunger, who wants to do this job? Brian Book, Burke always looks disinterested. Always. He looks like he'd rather be somewhere else. He, he you know, at dinner with his buddies, smoking a cigar with his with his tie untied. Like he he never looks interested anything he's doing, whether he's on TV, whether he's doing an interview, whether he's at home eating dinner with his family. He just always looks disinterested. What, why would they hire these guys, Tim? I don't understand. I think we just talked about it. Like they, I think their window is still open. I think they think their window is still open. I think if they can find some guys who are ready to take over that role with minimum, you know, get caught up to speed time, they're going to do it. And that's what they've done with Hextall and, and Burke have a lot of experience. They have a lot of uh, know-how, I think. Um, it's interesting that they're splitting up the the responsibilities, though. I think Rutherford's kind of did everything. But mm-hmm. Brian Burke is now the president of hockey operations. Hextall is a GM. First question is, like, what does the president of hockey ops do? What does that mean? And what could we expect from him in that role? He kind of controls everything. 
He controls not only on the ice, off the ice. He just controls everything to do with hockey. So I don't know. I, like he's obviously not going to be in control of travel and this and that, but every decision gets run by him. It's like, okay, we want to stay at this hotel. Is that okay, Berkey? Yes, that's okay. Okay, we want to, you know, talk to this guy. Can we talk to this guy? Yes, that's okay. Um, every trade gets run by him. Everything gets run by Brian Burke. So he, he pretty much has his fingers in all, all decisions. And then Ron Hexel, the GM, everybody knows what a GM does. He signs players, looks at, look, you know, just tries to make, make a team. But pretty much Brian Burke controls that team. Much like in Chicago for the first few years when Stan Bowman was there, Scotty ran the team. Everybody knew it. Everybody, it was well known, but now Stan runs the team. But for the first two or three years he was there, it was Scotty running the show. But uh, I don't know. I think they're, sorry, what was it? Sutherland? What was the other? Rutherford. Rutherford. I think Rutherford was smart. The writing's on the wall. They've been a shell of their team for the last few years. He, he jumped ship at the perfect time. You know, when he left, they were what, five and one? They, they had a hot start. Now they're what, five and five? They're just skidding to a halt. I don't know. I don't like this team. I don't like the way they're made up. They have so many injuries. They put all their bread in the Tristan Jerry basket. I don't think he's that good of a goalie. Um, I would not have let Matt Martin walk. So Matt Murray. Matt Murray, excuse me. I, I don't know. I don't would know. You, I am off the Pittsburgh Penguin train. Would you say that winning games on the road is a good sign of how tough and, and how good a team is? Um in a in a regular season, I would think so. Not during the COVID related season, just because there's no fans. Maybe because yeah. of the, a little bit of travel, but it, it's just such a strange season when you go visit a team and you play two, three games in a row. I know the road record is atrocious. I know that's what you're trying to get to, but I don't know. I don't know, but especially if you were to say this any other season, I would say, yeah, you know, you're onto something. Why do you think that's that's a, a sign to tell? I mean, it has to be. It's it, it only because it's such a stark contrast. At home, yeah. they're four and zero, oh, and and away, they're one five and one. So it's basically like they win at home, they lose when they're away, and that's a, that's a pretty significant difference there. So yeah, I think the it teams tells they part played the at home though, they played the Sabers and the Rangers at home though. So, like, they haven't played Boston, they haven't played Washington, they haven't played Philly, they haven't played the Islanders. Wait till those teams come through town. And then, then we'll check their record because they, they have gone to play those teams and they've just gotten, you know, the floor wiped with them. So I, I just don't think it's there, Tim. I really don't. If, if you were, okay, here's a question. Which team is in a better position for the future, Chicago or Pittsburgh? Two dynasties, multiple cups, a really uh, top-heavy core, and they're both showing signs of just, you know, aging. Which team has a better future going forward? You know, uh, I'm going to say Chicago. Yeah. Because they have the, like, you know, K's, that Kane, Taze, Keith is the same as Malkin, Crosby, and Latang. I think Chicago has some of those next generation players already, though. Dabrinkit, Kubelik, uh, Boquist. I don't really see that on Pittsburgh. Like, Gensel is a good player, obviously. I really like Brian Russ. Um, but they don't have that next kind of generation that's going to lead them the way that Chicago does. Kirby Doc, you forget Kirby him because he's oh, yeah. injured. He's yeah. he's the number one on that list. I agree. I think Chicago is is by far so much further ahead in their in their next step for their future.
All right, I'm going to let everybody in on a little secret of how to get faster, how to get stronger, how to become a better hockey player. In the NHL, we put weights around our ankles. We, we go to the gym, we, we, we strap them on our ankles, we strap them on our legs. It's really cumbersome. It doesn't feel really good when you're skating, but it works. So my friends over at powerskater.com have come up with an unbelievable invention. They've basically taken the weights and they've made it easier. So if you want to take to your game to the next level, this is what you have to do. You, you buy these weights and they stay attached right to your skates. It's unbelievable. You work harder with every shift. You play with them in practice. When you take these weights off, you feel like you're getting shot out of a cannon. It's unbelievable. I, I, I've done this when I was a player and I wish I would have had these things because the things that I used were absolutely terrible. And if, if you want to know what I'm talking about, you go to powerskater.com. That's power, S-K, the number eight, R.com. And I promise you, I promise you, if you buy these things and they don't work, I'll give you your money back because they are that good. You try them for a week, you try them for a month, you take them off, you'll notice how easy it is to skate, how fast your feet move, how quick your steps get, how powerful your strides are. It is It revolutionized skating for me. And I, I'm slow. These things may be able to keep up. So go to powerskater.com. That's power, S-K-H-R.com. Use promo code Scott Allstar. You'll get $5 off. I should even be giving you money off. I should be just letting you go there and buy these things because they're that good. If you got a kid, they got little weights, you strap them to his feet. If you're bigger, you weigh more like me. They got heavier weights. They work. I promise you. So go check this out at powerskater.com. Use promo code Scott Allstar for $5 off. You'll thank me later because they'll make you better. They'll make your kids better. You guys will show up for training camp and you'll be like, what happened to this kid? He's like a stinking missile out there. Anyways, go check it out. Powerskater.com. All right, everybody, listen up. Your company's salary cap is probably tighter than it's ever been, and you can't afford to miss on a new hire. Every person you add needs to fit just right, just like Tim does on the podcast. He fits perfect. That's where Indeed helps you hire great people faster. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates instantly with Indeed Instant Match. So you can do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality short list faster. Now, you want your quality short list fast? You need Indeed right now. Listen up. Our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is Indeed's best offer anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash blue wire offer is valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And let's talk about the Hawks because I think I, I, I might be eating my words, Tim. Like, where, where are they in the standards right now? Give us a little breakdown. Yeah, they're third in the Discover Central Division. So Discover TM. This is um, one of my historically favorite divisions. When I was a kid, I used to have a Discover Central shirt. I love this division. One of my favorite divisions. Oh, there's just so much history there. Yeah, it's just incredible. Um, okay, so they're behind Tampa and Florida. Um, we're actually tied with Florida, 16 points apiece. 
uh, just way more losses and fewer overtime wins. But they're doing really well right now. They're 6-1-3 and three in the last 10 games. They're rolling on all cylinders. Their top guys are being their top guys. Kaner's, like hasn't slowed down even a single step. He's got 17 points in 14 games. DeBrinkett's got 12-10, and 10 and Kubelis got 12-14. and 14. So that's kind of what we expected from those guys. We knew they would produce. We didn't really know that the, how the rest of the team would perform behind them. Their goalie's good enough to to win some games. So... I guess, are are you willing to officially say now that you were wrong about these guys, or is it too soon? Well, I did predict they were going to miss the playoffs, right? And I predicted they were going to be the worst team in the league. Is that what I said? Them uh, and Detroit? Them and Detroit, yeah. And Ottawa. Um, yeah, I, I will eat my words. They are definitely proving me wrong. Um, when Doc went down, when Taves, you know, left because of his unexplained illness, I thought they were uh, a fish in a barrel. I thought they were done. And I'm pleasantly surprised. They, they are showing up. They're playing well. That goalie is the game changer to me. You know, coming into this season, they had Dalia and Subban, and everybody thought they were going to run with those two guys. And this kid has come out of nowhere, and he's taking the reins, and he's running with this. What's his name? I don't even know his name. It's Cookie, Cookie, Kostika, I don't know. There's so many Swedish and Finnish and straight Lank, – Lankinen, Kevin Lankinen. I don't even know where he's from, but he he's taken the reins. He's five and one. He's playing unbelievable right now. If if you were going to hand the Calder out to somebody, you got to give it to him, right? Um, Lafreniere's a bust so far. The only other rookie who's making a dent in is that Caprio Caprisov Crouton in Minnesota. So this like he's a revelation. This is exactly what they needed. Subban and Delia, they're not NHL caliber goalies. They they've proven it. They just can't handle it. This kid came out of nowhere. He's 25 years old. He's playing great. He's from Helsinki, Finland. I don't know. What do you think? I I think we have to at least say we're a little wrong, right? They, they're not oh, a train I'm, wreck. I'm big time wrong. I, I'm, I'm eating my words. I, they uh, yeah. won't be last place in the division. They're not going to make the playoffs. Let's just, let's just pump the brakes on them making the playoffs. But they are exceeding expectations, especially because those two main losses we talked about. Right, but I think uh, what's misleading about their position in the standings, the amount of games that they play compared to those below them, right? Yeah. So they're 6-4-4, they're four and four, good enough for 16 points in 14 games, but Columbus is right behind them with 15 and 14, so they're ahead of them. Carolina has 14 points, only two points back in four fewer games. Dallas has 13 points in four fewer games. So those teams are just basically objectively better than the Chicago Blackhawks, right? And you got to imagine that when the season's done, it looks something like Tampa, Florida, Carolina, Dallas, and whatever order you imagine. Um, you know, obviously, COVID is going to play some kind of role here, but I, I just don't think Chicago is. We were probably wrong. They're not a disaster, like I said, but they. I don't think see them making the playoffs either. Yeah, you know, who knows? It, it could be a dogfight right to the end, but I agree. It, it's a it's a success so far in this season. I, I think they have to be pleasantly surprised. They have four overtime losses or shootout losses. At what point? In your season, if you're a GM, do you have to be like, we need to go out and get a shootout specialist because we, we are hemorrhaging points. If they win half of those, they're in second place and they're a little bit more comfortable in their position. They're not teetering on you know the bubble of the playoffs. At what point, when you're a GM, do you need like, I need to go get a TJ Oshie. I need a guy I know I can throw in there who's going to score 75% of the time. Because, you know, Kaner, they have him, but apparently his moves aren't working anymore. Goalies have figured him out. If he comes in slow, you throw the poke check out and hope for the best. 
it's it's remarkable that they're losing this many games. You think in overtime they would have such a, a powerhouse overtime team. You throw Dubrinkit and Kane out there, and away they go. But it's it's remarkable that these teams don't go out and get a guy. I don't know if if you're a GM and you see a glaring weakness, would you would you go out and get a specialist to take up a roster spot to I mean, win a shootout? But how many specialists are there out there? You mentioned Oshie. He's, he's the well-known one, but well, but I'm sure there's a guy in the AHL who's just a killer on the in the shootout. But he's just you know not a very good player. He's just a really offensive guy who's got unbelievable hands, but just can't play five on five. Like UC Jokinen, he was so good in the shootouts. Oh man! It, well, he was either going far side over the pad or just on yeah. backhand. That little tuck behind. Yeah, it's just it's so funny. Like the simplest of moves, it's just impossible to stop. I don't know. I, I hope Chicago continues to improve. They're very exciting to watch. I got the Brinket on my fantasy hockey team. He's doing fairly well. I, I just tried to trade for Patrick Kane. We'll see if the guy accepts. But uh, you know, they're they're an exciting team. They're an exciting team. I was looking at some moves today. I really need a goalie, but I have three good goalies. Would you like one of them? You have a dem. No, no, Pulpy's playing terrible. Uh, I'll keep him. You could have Halibut or Tukarask. All right, let's. We'll talk. We'll talk. Um, we spent a lot of time last week or the other day. I mean, talking about the Vancouver Canucks over the weekend or in the last day or so. They had uh, Louis Erickson. They waved him. You're old. You know, you guys are tied forever now. Twist of fate. I put him on the map. <laughs> Vice versa. <laughs> I, you know, I was wrong. I'm like, I've given you a hard time saying he was never the same player again, but he had another season after that incident where he put up like 64 points. So it's not See, like he was. I didn't ruin uh, his life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but things have gotten so bad in Vancouver. They haven't played any more games since we talked last. They had just lost five in a row. We talked about that last episode. But it's getting ugly enough. Their reporters are, like, asking tough questions. And Bo, Bo Horvat, their captain, literally has to say, no, we're not intentionally trying to lose. We're not losing on purpose. This is not, like, some – I don't even know what. It's just, like, it, imagine as a captain having to defend your team and say, hey, we're not losing on purpose. We're trying to win these games. It's not working out. Like, how ugly does that get? Well, do you remember when Toronto was just a terrible team and they had Fanuf and Kessel and Joffrey Lupo and all these guys – the interviews that they would have to endure and just seeing Kessel and Phaneuf just staring angrily into the camera day <laughs> yeah. after day. They're just, it finally got to the point. I was like, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? We're a bad team. We're losing. What? Cause they would ask him like these loaded questions. Dion on that one play, why did you step up and miss that body check and then <laughs> cause a goal? And Dion just looking at him. He's like, we you think I want to do that? You think you know, I'm trying to lose? So I, I feel for these Hawks. I feel for Horvat. They went into this Canucks. season with just – oh, sorry, the Canucks. They went into this season with just – I think maybe their expectations were a little too high. Them and the New York Rangers. I, I think we just – we got really excited with the moves in the offseason. We got excited because of Vancouver's playoff run. Everybody was excited to see them play. And maybe we just got, we put the cart ahead of the horse a little bit where we should have just pumped the brakes. They're still a young team. They lost some significant players in the off season. They lost JT Miller. They lost some on the back end, you know, guys who you don't think play a big role, but in the locker room, they eat up the hard minutes. Maybe they were a big part of that team. So I feel for Horvat. It's like they're going out there. They're trying. They're not, they're not getting the results. I wish they could play the Ottawa senators every game, but they can't. So they'll write the ship. Dallas Green will get that team figured out. It's just, um, gosh, 
if you, if you, if you have to answer a question with, uh, we're not trying to lose you guys. That's when, you know, <laughs> that's when, you know, you, you're not playing well. So I like this, this division is up for grabs. Like it really is. Toronto's already locked in their seed. The next three spots are up for grabs. Montreal has, has come skidding as of late. They haven't been playing very good hockey, but like, it's anybody's game. Edmonton's, you know, faltering. Winnipeg, who knows? Calgary, who knows? And Vancouver's right in it. It's not like they're out of this race. So they just need to get together. They need to put a couple good wins together, and they'll be fine. But, they're, like, they're too good of a team to be playing like this. Don't you think? Like, what's Pedersen doing? What's his deal? I don't know. I mean, they're putting up points is the thing. Like, Besser is tied for, like, second or third, and we've got nine goals. Um, Quinn Hughes, I think is among the leaders for all defensemen with points, if, it, if not number one. So like they're putting up the points, but it's a lot of, what's a word? Like they're, they're shallow empty points, right? They're, they're, they're a lot of points that don't matter. Probably points late in game, power play stuff, but they're still losing these games, obviously. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I want them to do well. I think like, we talked about it last year. They're one of the most likable teams in the league, if not the most likable with those young talents and, uh, I don't know. I hope they do turn it around because I, I want them to, to go on a run. I want to see what they do in the playoffs. Yeah, everybody was kind of questioning how big Markstrom was for their team. Do they give him the big contract to keep him in the fold? How how important was he to that team? I think it's become glaringly obvious. He was a big part of that team. Maybe he made up for a lot of the defensive mistakes that they were making. Who knows? Demko's not playing very well. Holpe... He hasn't been a fit there. You know, he's had a few good games here and there, but overall, he's struggling. His save percentage isn't where it should be. His goals against isn't where it should be. And it's not like they have a good backup to go to. Demko's just as bad, if not worse, than Hopi. So look at, yeah, they've each played eight games. They're both three and five. Their goals against are almost identical. Their save percentage is almost identical. So when you can't rely on your goaltender and your defense is not strong, it really isn't like... Like, you have a lot of offensive guys, but at the end of the day, you have to stop the other team from scoring. Quinn Hughes is minus 13. He's only played 16 games. That is not good if you're a number one defenseman. Not good at all. So, I don't know what the answer is. Hopefully, they can figure it out because they do, like, when you look at their roster, it's young, it's skilled, it's exciting. They got Horvat, Besser, Pedersen, that Hoglander guy. They, they have a lot of good pieces there. But maybe they're they're missing some veteran presence. Maybe they're missing a couple like hard nosed sandpaper guys on the back end to kind of log the hard minutes and take some load off the young kids. I don't know, but something needs to change there because you're too talented. You're too good to be wasting this much talent. Much like Edmonton, we say that about them. And now it's I hate to say Vancouver slowly kind of transitioning into that that position as well. Do you think maybe like a, a statement trade to send a message to the guys and maybe spark a little something would be in the works? Or do you think that's a little premature? No, I think you can make a trade. I, I would trade Bo Horvat. No, he's their captain. Come on. So he's a good player. I, I don't think the, the game is his game anymore. You know, he, he is one of those guys. He's a power forward. I like the way he plays the game, but he could net you a lot of great stuff. I don't know. If you're going to make an impact trade on the Vancouver Canucks, who would you trade to, to make an impact move? Because you want to get someone back who helps your team, and you don't just want to give away a great player. You want to give away someone who's expendable. I think Bo Horvat is the guy. 
Yeah, no, I just he's he's their leader. He's their the frontline center. I you know maybe a Tanner Pearson. You know he's a good player. He's, he's appealing and he's he's got a more um, I don't know manageable salary cap hit than some of these other guys. I don't know. JT Miller, he's so yeah, good though. I know they're, you're not going to get a return on those guys. That you, that's going to make a dent in your team. I don't. We'll see. They're they're not going to make a move. They're they're not going to you know rock the boat too much. They had such a great year last year. They're going to weather this storm and see where we go from here. But Louis Erickson, we saw that one coming. And who knows if he gets sent down? They could have just threw him on waivers to see if anybody take a uh, takes a shot at him. But he just makes too much money, and he doesn't produce. I mean that that was an albatross of a contract when they when they signed him. So I don't know. You, you just got to ride it out. I, I, They'll they'll write the ship. They have to. You know, they'll play Ottawa a few times. They'll they'll get a few wins versus the Alberta teams and they'll be fine. But what are you gonna do? That division is not as exciting as I once thought it was going to be. It's almost boring. It's like Toronto's gonna win. Edmonton and Calgary play each other all the time. And it's just kind of oh hum. Ottawa's gonna lose every game. What well, are you gonna do? But there are a lot of high scoring games. I think I forget what the exact number, but like eight out of the nine top goal scorers are in that division. The one exception is Marshawn. Like they are scoring a ton of goals in these games. So you've seen that fast-paced, high-energy stuff, at least. Well, look at the decors they have. Toronto, not very good. Edmonton, non-existent. Winnipeg, they would die for a defenseman. Calgary, they lost their best defense in this offseason. Well, Giordano's the best, but they also lost their really good defenseman. Vancouver, a lot of good offensive players. And Ottawa, I don't even think Ottawa has defensemen. Shabbat. They got Shabbat, and that's it. So remember last episode when we said they were minus 19 or 20 goal differential? Yeah. They had a hot week through minus 27. Now they played 14 games. They it's not, it's not getting better for Ottawa. The last 10 games are one and nine. Remember they started the season. They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. Everyone's <laughs> like, this is it. You know what? The GM's a genius. They're going to have a season. They're going to compete. Uh, oh, poor Matt Murray. How I wrong to do were well. we? And both of those teams have just gone completely polar opposite directions. Toronto has only lost one game since then. And Ottawa's only won one game since then. So it's funny. You know, you just can't get can't get caught up in that first game jitters. But anyways, Tim, what else we got to talk about? That's really all I had. I, I listened to the the Turco interview today, and I think I missed it when we were recording. But he said that little line, and you're asking him why he didn't have more points because he was so good at stick handling and, and everything. He said, He's no like, one I, was, I was feeding breakout passes to Steve Ott and Brendan Morrow. He's like, <laughs> you, think, you think they're going to score? No, they're terrible. It's so funny. I missed it completely during the interview. Nah, it was a good interview. I like that one. One of the better ones. He was fun. He was fun. Good stuff. Good stuff. A lot better than this episode. Woof. You know what I mean? Sometimes <laughs> you got it and sometimes you don't. <laughs> Say, speak for yourself. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, I hope you had a good week. Get out there this week and have some fun. We'll talk to everybody on Monday. Cheers, everybody. Later. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves. For episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways, check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.